not once, not twice, but thrice upon a time, a new ending arrives. Does it capture that fairy tale spirit? It's Evangelion 3.9 plus 1.0. Amazon calls it 1.01. Yeah, very strange. Gosh. (laughs) We can't. It is probably 1.01 because I did hear there's some some changes, like a a few small changes in this one. But, you know, I was thinking, you know, Thrice Upon a Time, Alex. Yeah, it's a reference to third time of an ending. Yeah, third time's a charm. Yeah, you do have that fairy tale (laughs) reference as well um which i guess we could say this is kind of the fairy tale ending if you're gonna have a fairy tale ending of evangelion yeah one where your parents both sacrifice themselves (laughs) as i said for (laughs) evangelion anyway welcome back to the monsters vs. men podcast it's the bargain basement of monster podcasting airwaves this week as we try to stay alive we are indeed discussing the final film of the evangelion rebuild series i'm eric and i'm alex and welcome in alex we had just finished recording nvm plus and we cut off nvm plus because we were just excited to get into this yeah so it felt we... like our conversation was just gonna go straight into this and we it were was. like well uh, yep. i guess we'll just have to <laughs> go into yep. the episode so we just we just need to get into it because i think we have some discussion topics and it could go off from there so uh, I'll go ahead and start us off. Wait, Eric, you don't want yeah. to talk about uh, Cam Newton's recent release from the Patriots? Oh, man. Oh, well, we should talk about that, really, because <laughs> that has major implications to this film. <laughs> so much uh, for sports talk. Well, right. Liverpool season started. Um, <laughs> Cardinals. Uh, anyway, Evangelion. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Here we go. Well, We made it to the final finale, the culmination of a series, a movie, and a series of movies. Does Anna's end fulfill your expectations, Alex, or are you left with complicated sensations? Mm. Well, I think it's a bit of both, probably. Um, Overall, I am very positive on this, but in typical Evangelion fashion, uh, we are throwing a lot of insanity on the back end of this movie. Um... (laughs) What starts as this humble little slice of life film, of course, after that explosive beginning, um, mm. but the little slice of life film about growing and belonging in a community quickly turns into this introspection across two universes about what it means to be a father. <laughs> <laughs> and I love that this is what we're left with. Uh, even if I am a little frustrated by my understanding of some of the lore uh, in particular, mm. and some of the sequence of events that happen. But instead of putting the blame on the movie like I normally would, and I probably should, I, I feel like it's kind of up to me to rewatch the films and pick up on the things that I missed. I mean, I really did love these movies, so I, I kind of want to go back again anyway. Um, and I, I mean, like the, the film does become pretty crazy and <laughs> exhilarating at the end, though. I mean, right? <laughs> 
Yes, yes. And there are definitely moments in this movie that caught me by surprise, which I didn't expect, even though I should, because Evangelion, right? <laughs> um, but yeah, I would push back a little bit on your assertion that you need to watch this movie multiple times to fully grasp it. I don't think that's on you. I, I would say that's on the movie. Movies can be comple- complex, but I don't know if required multiple viewings should be the standard or something to live up to. <laughs> Not that a great movie doesn't have you wanting to revisit it over and over again. And maybe that's what this is wanting you to do is just have that revisit over and over yeah. again. Um, but with that said, I think this movie is pretty special. Uh, but yes, still slightly flawed, but in a sense, I think it's exceptionally flawed <laughs> in just the right ways. After the initial initial opening, the next 30 minutes is probably my favorite part of the film, you know, as we get Shinji, Asuka, and Ayunami finding their way in that small community of characters that I never expected to revisit. I loved seeing Toji and Kensuke, uh, or Kensuke in particular. I think it's Kensuke. Um, yeah, Kensuke in particular. Um, and, you know, we talked about how much we loved Ayunami's character in 2.22 and what they did with her character there. But here, I like her rebuild, if you Ooh. will, just as much. Yeah. And she discovers what it means to be human. And she learns to love who she is as this new person. I love that moment. Um, it's a short little dialogue between Asuka and Ayunami, where Asuka reveals that she's been played. Uh, Ayunami's been played and manipulated and basically genetically engineered to have feelings for Shinji. And how does she respond? It doesn't bother her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she doesn't care because she's indifferent to that fact. She still has these feelings. It doesn't matter if these feelings were programmed in her or not. What matters is the care that she still has. Um, and she is appreciative of that care in a sense. It doesn't matter how it got there. I love that. I just thought there was something really interesting yeah. um, that you could really dive into with that piece. Um, not only were these opening community slice of life scenes meaningful, though, Alex, in their character building, they were just purposeful in establishing an anchored purpose, right? And what was to follow. These first 30 minutes made the whole film feel more grounded, which I don't think we saw much in the last film. Yeah. So did these first 30 minutes hook you, Alex, or did it take longer for you to get into this film's wavelength? No, I mean, I think, you know, the exciting intro was the perfect way for us to start before we get take our detour to the village. Mm-hmm. But I'm like you in that I think these 30 minutes in the village are the most important part of the film. Um, and they're certainly very enjoyable. The, the amount of character building in these scenes is just so great. I mean, they really build Farm Ray up in, in this interesting uh, to this interesting character that we quickly care for. Yeah. Uh, it brings back characters I thought were possibly dead mm-hmm. and makes them even more interesting. I thought they were dead too. <laughs> and it does <laughs> right? make them more interesting than they were before. For sure. It adds layers. Yeah, it does. And we get a better understanding of Shinji and the realization that, that for Shinji to grow all he really needed was someone to watch over him with patience. Mm. I mean, that that's it. And Shinji hasn't experienced patience. Even with uh, uh, Misato, she was never really patient with Shinji. Yeah. Um, 
and some patients, and I mean, well, some patients and maybe a little, yeah, yeah, in purpose, and and you know maybe a little extra food shoving down the throat by Oscar occasionally. <laughs> um, <laughs> really though, it's these scenes, and maybe it's the visual difference of these scenes as well. Yeah. I mean, it's really striking against all the red and all these otherworldly things we've seen, all these cityscapes. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's kind of nice to retreat into the cr- country for a little while. And it makes it what usually would be considered mundane, refreshing, which for these kids, uh, a simple life is refreshing. Mm-hmm. And I like this a lot. And the payoff that this builds to with the killing of Ray in front of Shinji makes it even more devastating. Um, but the moment she dies... It also shows us the growth that Shinji has experienced while on the farm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the way these scenes are shot and the way that the, not the camera, but the way that your attention is drawn to just these pieces of scenery, these still life shots, takes me back to the first several episodes of the series. And so I really appreciated that. Mm -hmm. Um, And to just go off what you last said about Shinji there, I, I do think there's some growth in Shinji's character. And I think that development is incredibly interesting. I'm just not fully bought into his transformation. Mm-hmm. Um, now, to be fair, I'm ecstatic <laughs> with a truly optimistic ending and a more hopeful Shinji. But I don't know if I buy into him becoming the sort of hero, even though I want him to be. <laughs> uh, and I understand how he gets there. And I love that. I love that. It just, I don't know. It teeters on sentimentality for me. Mm-hmm. Which which doesn't really exist in Anno's universes, but ultimately, <laughs> I'm going to give it a pass because the sentimentality, which doesn't just stop with, with Shinji, it's also things like Masato's armband that she wears. Mm. This sentimentality works, though, I think, because of the world building that could only have occurred through an entire series and three films. Four films. Uh, yeah, four films, including... Yeah, you're right, four films. Uh, I guess five films, five. if you include yeah. End of Evangelion. Right, right. Uh, so there's a lot. There's a lot. Um, you know, back to Shinji, though, for a second. There's one moment I found particularly interesting. I think he's talking to Kinsuke here, um, and he, he talks about how before he was too indecisive, but now that he's maturing, he's becoming more decisive. And... You know, we've talked about parallels probably between Shinji and Anno before, but I just couldn't help but thinking about how this could be a parallel to Anno's own creative journey with this series and this movie, because this movie definitely feels more decisive than both of the previous two endings. Another interesting character turn is Masato uh, as a mother and Kaji as a sacrificial father. Kaji, my runner-up for coolest character, I should say, had a huge role to play in this film despite being absent from it. Um, but Masato, I think there's still a lot to unpack for me there. The fact that she's a mother, that she abandoned her son because she believed it for the best, like Gendo, uh, that mm-hmm. she sacrifices her and her own father, that she sacrifices herself at the end for Shinji first and then the world second. What did you make of Masato? And to get further into the characters, I don't think, I don't think this would be an episode of Evangelion without talking about Gendo, Alex. Yeah, we haven't really talked about Gendo at all, but I'll, I'll tackle Misato first. Right. I, 
I think the moments with Masato and her growth are awesome. Uh, she failed as a mother completely, just mm-hmm. like Gendo. Um, but she was somewhat able to redeem herself uh, to the entire world. And in the moment that she drops her hair in the mil- the moments building after this, she becomes the Masato that we've spent yeah. all of our time with before three point three three. Is really awesome. That's cool. Uh, it's a nice little moment for fans, and it's just a nice little character moment. Um, and she really proves herself to be a great leader, though. I don't know if Gendo ever really proved himself to be a great leader, maybe a great manipulator. Mm-hmm. Um, but she is a great leader, and I like that Anno uh, cleared up a lot of the hate that uh, Vil. Is it Vil or Villa? What's it called? Vil? Yeah. Willa? Um, Will? Yeah. Will uh, is what I thought. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's spelled like Will, but it's pronounced, I think it's called Vil. Yeah. Like it's a, Vil. like the W is a V. Yeah. Um, but whatever. Uh, but I like that he kind of cleared up some of the hate. Because <laughs> there's yeah. a lot of hate in 3.33. Mm-hmm. Um, and it really feels like. You know, despite everyone hating Shinji in the previous movie, and like you said, the previous movie with this one uh, now out, it feels like an indecisive Anno. Um, He followed that up with something like this film that feels really decisive. And it feels like, actually, he backpedaled on some of the most almost angry elements of his previous film and replaced them with more purpose and optimism. Almost like he uh, retconned his own story in some ways, like like the tra- the trajectory of where he was going to go with three point three three, and he was like, you know what? Maybe I don't want to kill Toji and Kensuke, and yeah. maybe they should be important here. You know, um, maybe we should bring back, maybe we should actually, you know, bring Ray's character back a little bit. Maybe we should, maybe not have all of Villa hate Shinji and Misato really kind of lean into that she actually cares for Shinji and dig into these characters more. Uh, it just, but I think it all just really works so well. And I'm thankful that he did that because like you said, we, we do kind of teeter on things being maybe a little too clean at times, but it all just works so well for me. And maybe it's the visuals, but I really enjoyed all of these moments. Even if I didn't, like at the end, pick up everything that's happening. Um, but while the village is important, Gendo's realization that kind of the not the literal soul, like it was mm-hmm. in Ray, but that the soul of Yui really does live on in his son is a very powerful moment. Um, the exploration of his character and the fact that Shinji is finally sitting on the opposite side of the train car doing the examining uh, uh-huh. instead of another character is very cool only for. And what I really like is the realization that Gendo and Shinji are exactly the same. The same. <laughs> they have so many similarities that, that it's kind of funny that I've never even, I never even thought about it really, honestly. And when they pointed it out, I was like, Oh, huh, they are yeah. <laughs> right. And it's an it's an understandable moment, and it humanizes Gendo in ways that I didn't think that they could pull off mm. in such a short period of time. Man, Alex, you're 
triggering so many thoughts that I remembered I had while watching the film. <laughs> You're bringing oh, really? it back to me. Yeah. And so I'm like trying to scramble to think about what I was thinking about. But first off, Gendo, sympathetic character, Alex? <laughs> uh, a little bit. A little bit. They, they managed to take him from like a really bad villain. Uh, uh-huh. The way he felt, men- he felt menacing. I kind of mentioned that in our 3.33 review. Yeah. Um, but he felt menacing, and he does feel menacing when he gets that that uh, visor blown off, and we finally see what's underneath it. Yeah, that was a cool reveal. Oh, very cool. He's right? basically he, given up his humanity there. You know, yes. very. He cool. scoops his brains up and puts oh, it back yeah. in his head. <laughs> oh, so yeah. cool! Wild, but still Gendo. You know, like he's still Gendo. He interestingly is. enough, he's just sacrificed a large part of himself. So, a couple of my thoughts, Alex. Here. Uh, before I tell you a couple of my criticisms or concerns of the film, yeah, just a few things based off what you said that it made me think about. One, I love how the reveal that Shinji and Gendo are essentially the same comes from Shinji, right? Um, isn't or isn't that right? Or does it come from Gendo? Wait, what? Say it again. <laughs> the fact you know the the realization that Gendo and Shinji are essentially the same. Um, so it's Shinji examining his father. Um, yeah. And he, he's the one that brings Gendo to realize that. Yes. And yeah. Yeah. They, okay. Yeah. 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 That, that, that's what I, that's what I remembered. And that, that's kind of my point. I think it's interesting actually, but, uh, is that this is like not the usual trope of the son becoming just like the father and the father, like, telling the son that you're just like me and you're repeating the sins of your father, which I think is like one of the more powerful themes in literature. Mm-hmm. Right. I agree. Um, it's, it's, it's great. Like, because I think it, there's just so much there. Um, but what's interesting here is, is the son that's telling his father that in this sort of subversive sort of way. And, and to go back a little bit further with what you said, Alex, I do like that they get, that they come back around to Shinji. Shinji becomes the symbol of grief in this film. And there's something about him where they can't even put their, we've had these discussions about grief where you can't really like explain it. Cause once you explain it, you just, it loses its power, <laughs> but there's something about an appreciation that you have. Like the, um, you know, if, if, Shinji didn't do what he did. Other things wouldn't have happened how they happened. And there's just an appreciation for it where there's this teetering between hope and despair within that grief that you see manifest in that Ava battle between unit one and unit 13, which I think is just so symbolic of how these people feel towards Shinji (laughs) and toward the, towards this trauma that they've all experienced. It's, it's devastating on the one hand, and yet they wouldn't be where they were on the other. And you can't really put that into words. Grateful is not the right word for it. Um, Thankful is not quite the right word for it, but (laughs) just there's an acknowledgement of that, you know, Uh, it's just really interesting. But anyway, (laughs) I don't think a perfect Evangelion movie is possible. (laughs) No, <laughs> just by the nature either. of the show, right? Um, so I, I do have a couple of concerns. First, 
I still am not sure who Marie is. Um, yeah. <laughs> Marie Iscariot, like Judas Iscariot, is is the only like reference that I <laughs> picked up. I don't know. Um, to me, she seems like an excuse to create a sexualized character that is of age instead of underage. Um, kind of. I like her. I know, that's <laughs> the thing, right? It's like, yeah, I don't know anything about her, but she's so much fun her, when she's on she's, screen. Yeah, she's the biggest <laughs> bad A of the series, of the rebuild yeah. series, right? Like, she just is. Um, but but there are still so many unknowns about her. From the beginning, from her introduction mm-hmm. in the second movie to the final scene, which she plays a huge role in, in this movie, you're still like, who is she? Maybe there'll be a spinoff series. You know, Anno said, you know, this this Evangelion is done, but maybe if there's a, a spinoff, it would be about Marie. Yeah. Is something I could see. It, it seems to me the only thing I can put together with Marie, other than it seems like she works with Kaji, right? Yep. And that she's part of whatever organization Kaji's with. Which is connected um, to Fuyutsaki. Yeah. <laughs> is that his and name? So, yeah, Fuyutsuki. <laughs> I, right? I said the exact same thing last uh, week. You did. You did. <laughs> um, but I'm not sure, you know, I don't know where it goes from there. Uh, but, you know, I guess the, the third, the near third impact throws everything out of whack. But we, you're right. We don't really learn much about Marie. It may have been a good idea to maybe kill her like they did everybody else. So we could have gotten that backstory when, <laughs> when, when Shinji's going through everybody. Yeah. Well, if we're, so this is this is like this is like fanboy territory right here, Alex. Oh boy. And and I'm not even sure like I, I could be completely off and completely wrong, right? Okay. But you know, if Shinji is Ano here, uh, <laughs> oh and you've had this this series where and like if this is the extremely personal tale, and it's like basically like Ano displaying his life on screen. Between 3.33 and this movie, Anno did get married. It's like this is his first film that he had or that he created since he was married, right? Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. And oh, Marie married? <laughs> <laughs> well, not quite. I didn't quite make that connection. But, you know, you do have like these different women in this series that could represent different women in his past and Marie is this recent, pretty recent introduction that at the end of the film, it seems like he ends up with her, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he does. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's just an interesting little tidbit that I'm like, huh, that's interesting. He ends up with this <laughs> random person that just entered the series, like, <laughs> that's awesome and <laughs> attractive, you know? So, yes. uh, I did think that was kind of interesting. Um, it could be, again, that's like fanboy uh, YouTube rabbit trail sort right. of thing but <laughs> uh, uh, another cr- criticism real quick is i didn't think all the action scenes were that intriguing uh mm-hmm. i thought the space battle between the two ships the wonder or wonder and the nerve cruiser it was kind of slow and boring honestly i like the design of those things but i don't know it, it didn't really intrigue me too much and with the ava battles I feel the same way as I did in the last movie, pretty much. There's just a bit too much going on that everything feels too chaotic to follow and everything feels less choreographed. Not that the Avas themselves were awesome. <laughs> I love Unit 2's 
like rebuild <laughs> uh is so cool mm-hmm. um but yeah it's just there was so much happening and they were just fighting way too many of those things it just didn't feel quite as purposeful they felt like a little overpowered for me um yeah <laughs> just <laughs> hectic just hectic but yeah. to kind of wrap this up alex and to come back to that scene that you mentioned between gendo and shinji that's one of the best scenes, if not the best scene of the entire rebuild series. Uh, it's, it's the most powerful part of the movie. I love how Shinji just continues to pry digging into his father, asking him, what is it that you want? No, really? What is it that you want? <laughs> because we're asking that same question too, but he's asking it in just a, a very personal and grounding way. Um, and what we find out is that Gendo wants what Shinji wants, what Asuka wants, what each character wants in the series, which mm-hmm. is just true human connection. Yeah. That's ha- it. Yep. Happiness. <laughs> but they, uh, you know, I love, I really like that, Eric. One of the things that I was surprised by with this movie was the emphasis on despite all the action sequences and everything that led up to it, the emphasis on talking it out over fighting. Yep. And that's going to come back, I think, in our awards here in just a second, Alex. But before we get there, real quick, MVM Plus, we do touch on this film a little bit, and we touch on Anna some more. We talk about some of the video games we've been playing recently, uh, which leads us into a discussion of uh, Prometheus... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's not it's not a long MVM plus, but there's a little bit of bonus content about Evangelion in that episode. You can find that over on patreon.com forward slash MVM pod. But let's go ahead and jump into these coolest characters. Alex, mm. who'd you have for your coolest character? Toji. I thought he mm-hmm. was dead. <laughs> now he's a doctor, but not really a doctor. He just knows enough to be the town doctor. Yeah. <laughs> he's I awesome. like. Right. Oh yeah. And he's so understanding and he's grown up so much. It's just, I was so excited to see this character that, you know, for out of the two uh, characters that really returned that like, or his friends, mm-hmm. uh, Kensuke and Toji, he was the one that I thought for sure was dead. Yeah. <laughs> or at yeah. least I was really thinking that he was dead. And so I was so glad to see him and he's just so understanding, especially with a uh, comatose Shinji who's ungrateful for the food that's given to him, as we were (laughs) told. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, man. No, you know, they're, yeah, they're accepting of him. Um, Yes. And I just think it's because they're grounded and, like, they know their lives could end at any moment almost. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, they're going to, like, embrace today. Yeah, basically, you know. Um, So, it's funny that you chose Toji, Alex, because I chose Kinsuke, uh, mm-hmm. you know, Toji's sidekick, if you will, who finds his own way in this film, to be fair. He's he's his, definitely his own character. He's matured a lot since the series. But to go back to what you were saying at the end of our discussion there, Alex, he's the one who emphasizes to Shinji, Kinsuke is, that if you get a chance to talk to your father before he passes talk to him mm-hmm. <laughs> right yes. uh he's like if, if you get a chance to, to talk things out with your father and to make things right 
you have to make things right. And of course we get that, which is yes. awesome. Um, <laughs> that's why he's my coolest character. It's just because of that <laughs> one right reason. there. Just right there, right? Is just setting setting Shinji in the right direction. And also just like supporting Shinji. Toji did the same thing, but just he introduces Shinji and he knows it's going to be important to introduce Shinji to Masato's son mm. um, and kind yeah. of explain that to him, which I thought was great yes. <laughs> and needed. You could tell like, I don't know, Toji and Kinsuke have just, they're just different people than they were when they were kids. And, and Shinji is still growing up as we watch this film, which is interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah, good stuff. <laughs> what about your uh, most memorable line award? Well, it comes from that village sequence. Um, those 30 minutes slice of life awesomeness that we get where really it's focused primarily on Ayunami, who she is told good morning by mm. uh, Hikari Haraki, Toji's wife, you know, who was the close class rep. I yes, believe it's I believe rep. it's her. Yeah. Yep. Um she says good morning to Ayunami and Ayunami is like, good morning. Why do, why do you say that? And she responds, well, it's something we say, hoping that we can live together for today. And I was like, that is just precious. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that is absolutely awesome. I love that line. Um, yeah. That's great. It's and I just- love, I just love how you see these things that we kind of take for granted you see Ray, unnamed Ray, I should say, kind of um, figuring right. it out. Mm-hmm. And and because she's looking at it with fresh eyes, you get lines and like realizations like that, you know? Right. Yeah. <laughs> Which I know. Is interesting. I, I was thinking the same thing. I'm like, this is like when Gwen asked me things that I just yeah. like take for granted. I'm like, oh, that's a really good question. <laughs> yeah. Why do we say good morning? I love the explanation. You know, something we say hoping that we can live together for today. Dude, that village, the whole village sequence is just so optimistic. Like, it's hard to not be won over by that. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Uh, what about you? What was your most memorable line? Mine's uh, Toji. He says, I kind of, uh, talk, he's talking to Shinji. He says, I kind of know a little bit about what happened to you, but it's also strange. It's over my head. That's <laughs> <laughs> <is> great. <laughs> it's like that. Yeah, that's, that's how we all feel, Toji. <laughs> exactly. We all feel that way. And Toji's like brutal. On, like, I love that line. Yep. Straight up honesty. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, I love that. It's so meta too. <laughs> it is. It's <laughs> great. What about you? Can't believe that voice acting. I got it. I think I gave uh, the voice actor for Ray an award in 2.22, but I want to do it again. Uh, yeah. Amanda Wynn Lee. Well, she plays she, a new character here, basically. Yeah, she does play a new character here. And she has to do an even wider range in one movie of going from this robot all the way to this really compassionate, to this sad mm-hmm. um, farmer Ray who uh, dies. <laughs> And I think she just does such a great job with like that wide range of growth. It's just good to see. Mm-hmm. Mine is uh, Fumuhiku Tachiki, who plays Gendo. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gendo's character, again, just has a lot to do from playing the villain to also trying to gain your sympathy uh, and compassion mm-hmm. to trying to and to having these realizations about himself in this moment that I don't think he expected to have these realizations. Right. Great performance. Um, whereas he had been pretty stoic 
throughout here he actually shows throughout the series and the movies here he actually shows quite a bit of emotion uh, and I like to see it a lot mm, yeah me too uh, what about your most standout animated sequence man <laughs> like the the entire last uh, 30 minutes of the f- 45 minutes of the film are just like it's like another spin on end of Evangelion. Yeah, and it's just like a kaleidoscope of images, man. Uh, <laughs> it really is. I, it is. I don't. I it's it's hard for me to separate out everything, honestly. Yeah. But there's a couple moments. There's one moment with the awakening of the imaginary Ava. I think they call it. You know, is where that, no, it's the imaginary Ava. The the the. Uh, Lilith that we th- were talking about, and then it well, raises and becomes the head. <laughs> okay, I was thinking the imaginary Ava is the black Ava, the all no. black Adam. Or oh yeah, whatever. yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, 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 black Adam. Yeah, yeah. Um, but when it like whenever it awakens and there's like, <laughs> well, there's that there's a shot of the headless Avas. That become humans. Yes. And then they like, there's like thousands of them all on the screen at once. Yes. <laughs> and they're all doing these different things. And I'm like, what the heck is like, <laughs> so it was just really, really so trippy to me, but really cool. So um, I was kind of just like mesmerized for those last 45 minutes. Um, <laughs> It might have been my like tiredness as well, but I was like, I have no idea what's happening here. But <laughs> I love like these characters. Like, it's something still makes sense. Like, yes, it was still grounded, as you said. Like, despite all the visual madness, it's still grounded in these conversations between characters, and each character at the end gets their due. You know, which I loved. You know, from Gendo to Karu. Uh, to Masato, to everybody. You know, they all kind of get their little ending here, uh, which I thought was really well done. Yeah, it was so interesting. They also changed Asuka's backstory. Yes. Very interesting, making yeah. her into a clone like Ray, which yeah. they, they mentioned something earlier in the episode that there is the uh, Ayanami series and the Shikanami series. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wait, Shiganami series. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, 20 minutes later, we find out that she's actually a clone yep. uh, of someone else. Like the Ray, the, these, uh, Asuka that we've been with the whole series is still the same Asuka, but she is a clone of someone else. And we don't know who. Yeah. Yeah. Really interesting. Yeah. Uh, what about your standout animated sequence? It mine's like in the same. It has to be in the same sequence. Um, but it's <laughs> as just I said, so, blurs together. <laughs> so one of the most like disturbing things of End of Evangelion is the Ray giant Ray head. Yeah, and you know, Anna was like, "How do I top this while still having it in it?" Yeah, and make it even weirder. And it's by making it a realist, uh, just a actual persons was it yeah i was so yeah. confused i was like is this like an actual person right here it is it's an actual person with uh what looks like cg hair mm-hmm. um and red eyes and oh, well, there's that moment from but it was crew. a real it was a real face and it's yeah. just so weird <laughs> well there's that moment that is just absolutely 
pretty terrifying. This could have easily been a standout <laughs> animated sequence award. I, didn't, I guess only partially animated. But, you know, when the crew is like, there's the one of them is, is like screaming, like, like, what is happening? Like, what is going <laughs> on? And you just get the eye centered on her. Oh, right. And I'm like, the eye's about to blink right now. And it does. <laughs> <laughs> and it just feels very like, oh my gosh, like, you kind of get chills watching it. You're like, what yeah. the heck am I watching right now? <laughs> but you, you can only be like, man, if I was in that scene, I'd just be like pooping my pants right now. Right. <laughs> uh, it's crazy. It is crazy. Um, what about your uh, Can't Believe That Still Award? So this isn't from that scene, actually. <laughs> this is the opposite of that. And it's the moment, it's during the moment, um, where Shinji decides to quote run away. There's nowhere for him to run away, but right. he runs away in the little village. <laughs> um, and he's going through this little tunnel where there's this, it looks like there's like a cart that runs through this tunnel and you see his reflection on like the water in the tunnel as he's kind of walking through it. I just thought it was really well shot. There were several moments right there, quiet moments that I, I loved that helped establish that tone that I appreciated about the first couple episodes of the series. So it's got to be that shot from the tunnel where the light is kind of reflecting off the water and we see uh, Shinji's mirage in the water before we actually see Shinji walking towards the camera, if you will, in yeah. that shot. It was really cool. Mm, that's a good choice. That's a good choice. So, what about you? I, uh, I went with when... Ray's plug suit is going from black to the original colors of mm. uh, the white suit. Yeah. Um, and it, it's a, it's a cool image that is like also disturbing. Cause you, cause I love the way that it's cut. Um, it's not really a still, I guess, but uh, the way that it's cut, like he, she says something and Shinji says something and she takes a step back and she takes a step back and it's like, well, what's going to happen? And, you know, she gets into that all white suit and you could tell something awful is going to happen. And that that's a, that's a, pr- a pretty memorable image before she pops into LCL. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. I wasn't expecting that. I wasn't expecting that, but once it happened, I was like, that makes sense. That this is how this would end. Um, yeah, I was. Ex- I didn't know what to expect either. I was like, I don't know quite what's going to happen right here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that brings us to our rating and our Oof. ranking, Alex. Um, do you want to start? You want me to start? Where do you rate this film? Um, how do you rate this film? And where do you rank it among the rebuild series? Oh, this is this is a tough one. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I haven't decided on mine yet. I <laughs> I'm either. still thinking. I haven't either. Uh, oh man, this is a tough one. So, um, I re- I really enjoyed this movie, and yes, it does have flaws for sure. Um, yeah. it, but most of those flaws for is me, it too long? Is it too long? I don't think you know what. I'm okay with the length. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, normally a two and a half hour movie. I would probably be. I would have some, maybe some crit. Not always, but usually I'd have some sort of criticism for a two and a half hour movie in terms of length. Yeah, I think it. I think it drags a bit in the middle portion. Like after we leave, 
the village. Um, and we needed to leave the village because we needed to focus on Masato's character and we needed to build that up uh, because she had to play a key role in this final film. Hmm. But I do think the, the pacing and, and just what we were invested in comes to an abrupt halt at that moment. And so you kind of have to refocus your attention to a different sort of project, I guess. It's like the film serves a different purpose at that moment. Uh, so you recalibrate and that recalibration takes some getting used to, at least for me, and took some getting used to. So that would be my only like complaint when it comes to the pacing and just the length is it took a little bit for me to get adjusted to that second act. You would say I could see that. Um, but for me, no, I didn't, I didn't think it was over long. I, I was invested the whole time. You know, me and you and me commented last week, you know, if, if we're not taking notes or maybe that was on the previous week, but, uh, you know, whenever I'm forgetting to take notes, it's a pretty good sign. Um, and I barely, I I don't even know if I took two notes (laughs) (laughs) while I was watching it. Um, because I was like, I was just, I was in it, man. I was all about this movie. And even when things didn't make sense, I'm still thinking about it and kind of piecing it together. And I just really want to watch the series again. Uh, and that's a really big endorsement for a very, for a four movie long, uh, not very short movie series, except for 3.33, I guess. Mm -hmm. But, um, I really like it. You know, the village, the characters, where everything ends up, the exploration of Gendo, who really hasn't gotten a great exploration. Um, whether it was necessary or not, I guess, is up for debate in the original series. But I'm glad we got it here. And I like the, you know, I like the positivity because it does feel out of place yeah. <laughs> in this universe. Makes it just it, as weird as everything else. Right? <laughs> it really does. <laughs> that final scene. It's just as weird as everything else. It is. It is. <laughs> the music. <laughs> By the way, the music in this movie is still, awesome. Still great. Still great. Yeah, this the, the, this, this uh, quadrilogy of movies has some of the best music of any series of movies that I've seen. Oh, yeah, it's great. It's up there, man. It's really up there. Um, but I don't have many complaints. Uh, so I want to give this a... I don't know whether to give it an eight or a nine. Um, well, you shouldn't give it either that. You should give it a four or a four point five. Or, or <laughs> oh yeah, you're right. I don't know whether to give it a four or four point five or a four plus point oh five. Um, but, yeah. <laughs> I, <laughs> uh, but I really like it, and I, I would maybe put this in second place uh, for me. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a yeah I'm gonna give it a four out of five. Uh-huh. Um, I do I really like it. The more we talked about it, the more I'm liking it, and so I, I'm I'm kind of leaning towards a four point five. But I'm gonna keep it at a four for right now. I'm gonna stew on it a little bit more. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna put it right behind two point two two, which is my mm-hmm. favorite of this series. I still think that that is like pretty much flawless uh, yeah. of a movie, and I. So this would be second place, and then it would be one point oh, and then three. Yeah. Um, how would compare to the series? Uh, 
is another question. Are we doing a recap episode, Eric? No, I don't think so. Have we decided on this? No, I don't think so. I think we're going to jump into our next series. In in lieu of a recap episode, since we're not going to be doing it, uh, I'm going... mm, Even though I... I'm going to put the rebuild series higher than the original series. Mm. There you go. I like and, it. I like it. Yeah. Ugh. I like it. Now, uh, so I, I will do my rating and ranking more as a response to yours. I think you're, I think 2.22 is definitely the, the, it, <laughs> it's hard to rate these films and, and rank them because like of the reimagined content, you've got the stuff that is like virtually the same, which is 2.22 with some twist, right? 1.11 tweaks a few things. 2.22 twists a few things. 2.22 is definitely the culmination of the best of what we had and making it a bit better. Uh, it's like, we're going to revise it to make it better. Whereas 3.33 and 3.0 plus 1.0 take it in a completely different direction. Right. Which I appreciate. And so it's like, it's hard for me to compare these two because I definitely like 3.0 plus 1.0 more than 3.33. Um, not that I didn't like it. It's just this one hit well, different. It had more emotional highs. four over me. three without disliking three, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, uh but i honestly i it's hard for me not to say that this is this is probably my favorite of the rebuild films oh Um, yeah this is probably my favorite i love i do like 2.22 a lot i'm with you right there but i i i kind of have the same feeling as you did i think it was last week where when you're ranking these films it's like should i rank 2.22 higher because it does essentially it's a lot of the same of what we've seen yeah (laughs) Um, so well, with that, yeah, the one point one one was that way. Yeah, yeah, it's just it's just weird. Um, so I'll say this is my favorite, um, and it's definitely my. F- eh. It's probably tied with the series ending. I I I still love the way that series ends, and I like Neon Genesis Evangelion, the original series. There's that raw element to it. Yes. That I, that this kind of brings back. It like has some of those elements which I really really liked. Um, it's like Gano's trying something new and being a little bit hopeful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that yeah. brings that sense of like unknown, I guess, back into the series where you're just not quite sure what to make of it at first. And there's just lots of moments for reflection, lots of quiet moments, which I did appreciate. So for me, this is my favorite of the rebuild series it probably doesn't quite reach my appreciation for the original series, but I think that's okay. It's definitely for me better than the end of Evangelion, which is my least favorite entity of the Evangelion series. Um, Mm. (laughs) But this, this is a, uh, it is teetering on a four and a 4.5, just like you, Alex. So I'll give it what you said, a 4.0 plus 0.5. There we go. Yeah, there we go. We can go either way. We can go either yeah. way. Next uh, week, Alex. Yes. What are we watching? <laughs> or or starting the Dimension Trilogy. That's right. Dimension Trilogy. Ooh. That'll be fun. So we are doing our Dimension Trilogy, and then in October, we will have some special horror slash Halloween surprises. 
Yeah. But Arrow just released that box set of the Diamond Dream Trilogy. Um, so be excited for that. We know several people have picked up that box set. It's available also <laughs> a few places online. Uh, you can oh, is find it? The, yeah, you can find the di- – I don't have the box set. Uh, <laughs> uh, you can find the Damagen Trilogy a couple different places. So we will be covering each one of those films, one, two, and three, over the next couple of weeks. I'm excited for it. Mm, yeah, I, I am too. The, this is a big blind spot. This will be fun. Yeah, for sure. I don't have a rhyme prepared, Alex. Do you have any rhymes off the top of your head? Uh, yeah, sure. Um, so next week we finally start the Diamagen. Is it a sin for these men, or does this film belong in the bin? Oh, that's pretty <laughs> good, man. You you just took every word that I could think of that rhymed with gin. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, and I almost used gin, but I was like, oh wait, that's just kind of the same word. <laughs> Will the Diamagen trilogy be a win? Mm. Or will we find that the story is too thin? Oh, I was going to say maybe maybe this uh, story will sink like a fish without a fin. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. And I guess you'll know when. <laughs> and I guess you'll know when we return. <laughs> As always, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at MVM underscore pod. You can email us mvmpod at gmail.com or leave us feedback at mvmpod.com. Support us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash mvmpod and receive weekly bonus off-the-cuff episodes. And if you feel so led, leave us a review on iTunes. Those reviews really help. Monsters vs. Men is produced by Alex Cornett. Executive producers are Faye Basier and Michael Herndon. Special thanks to our wives, Kamal Rock Band for PlayStation 3, Senor Honda, Drew the Collector, our Instagram connector, and you, the listener, for listening. Until next week, try, try to, to stay, stay alive. Point three three in this movie, Anna did get married. It's like this is his first film that he had or that he created since he was married, right? Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. And oh, Marie married. <laughs> <laughs> well, not quite. I didn't quite make that connection. <laughs>